and most often um, we're challenged there, aren't we? God's stretching us and growing us, and um, it's a real privilege to think in terms of that um, God Almighty is interested in our very personal and in uh, lives and very intimately involved in our lives. Um, this morning, um, everyone's awake now. Thanks, Scott. Scott did that on cue, actually. Um, it is really good to be here this morning. When Niall had called and asked if I'd be willing to, to preach, I didn't really even think about it. You bet. I, I enjoy teaching. Um, sharing from the Word of God, so, um, but I, I always get these nerves and anxiety going, and because um, I don't do this all the time, and so when I have an opportunity, it's exciting for me. The best part about it is digging into the Word and just and searching out um, just the meanings of words and just what what is it that God means here? What is it that God's doing here? And the things that He impacts in my heart with, I just I, it's exciting, and. I realize we don't live in a vacuum. It's not all keen or all uh, rose-colored glass, right? And in the thick of the hardness of life, um, God can excite our souls to the point um, beyond belief. And uh, I, I guess that's probably why. So you bet, and I'll be glad to see that come up there and, and speak and share this morning. Everything okay? All right. Um, like I said, my name is Ben McClellan. My wife's name is Beth. So ben and Beth. Not real hard to remember. Um, we have five children. Two of our children are, are married, and we have uh, our one grandson, and we have a step-granddaughter. Um, my one daughter, Erin, our oldest, she lives in Chicago with her husband, Brian. Um, she's still a student, and he's a computer programmer. And uh, our son, Caleb, he's married. Uh, her, his wife's name is Sharon. They have our, our first grandson, Harrison. And they're in Maui, of all places. They're really struggling. They're in Maui. And um, I look forward to the day that I can go visit Harrison and Caleb and Sharon, of course, too, right? Um Anyway, and then he's, uh, our son Caleb is actually uh, an electrician apprentice there. So, tough place to learn how to be an electrician, right? Um, then, then we have Emily. She's, she's with us at home. And Sam, he just graduated high school and on his way to UW-Stevens Point, And he's going to be studying musical theater. Um, and then we have Olivia. Olivia's here with me somewhere. Where are you? I've been looking, scanning the crowd thinking, where are you? There, Olivia came with me today, and she's sitting next to my mother-in-law, Elaine Altman. And I have a good relationship with Elaine. And uh, as Neil had asked if I keep the mother-in-law jokes going, no, I want to keep a good relationship <laughs> with my mother-in-law. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so we had to, we, we, we got to. Um, be with Elaine and um, just help her with some things yesterday and we're going to take her trailer back with us and see if we can't get a better price for it down there in Watoma area. And um, my my wife, you guys wonder where my wife's at, right? Um, Beth is actually leading worship right now at in Watoma. 
So we're going to be gone next weekend to Missouri for a, a wedding. And so she didn't want to miss, uh, be without uh, leading worship down there for two weeks in a row, leaving them trying to figure out who's going to do worship. So, so Eric, you're on next week down there. <laughs> um, okay. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we're just grateful. Thank you so much for your son Jesus. Without him, where would we be? There would be no hope. There would be no life. For he is our hope and he is our life. He is our savior. He's the reason we can know today that we have eternal life. He's the reason we can know that we have forgiveness of sin. Thank you so much for your indwelling Holy Spirit that lives in your children. We look to you right now, Father, to teach our hearts, to feed our souls from your word. Bless our time together. And we might leave here encouraged with our hearts minds focused on you. In Christ's name, amen. Okay. I, I really like verse-by-verse um, teaching and study. I really enjoy that. But when you get one chance to speak in a crowd, I figure, well, probably not going to get through a book today. Right? And I'm probably not going to take a whole passage and tear it apart. Um, so I kinda want, I'm kind of going topical on you this morning. I hope that's okay. Um, my wife and I, we were, we were um, sharing in the mor- one morning and she had mentioned this verse to me and it just really stuck. It's Psalm 119 and verse 130. Um, Beth is incredible with memory, verse memory. And so she just she's always memorizing verses and she'll often, she'll just, uh, right in worship time, she'll just quote verses. And I, I was in Bible school for two years and had to struggle through learning verses. I, I aced every memory class, okay? I learned those things. But it was like, okay, I learned them, and then they were gone. And the next time, I learned them, and they were gone. And there's lots of verses I know, and I know where they are. That's probably the most important part. I know where to go to find them. Um, anyway, we're just sharing this verse. It says, in the NIV, it says it this way. It says, the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So that, that, just that verse, you know what? It just impacted me. I don't know if you've had that experience where, wow, that verse just really impacted me at that time. And so many other passages came to mind. And this morning we're going to look at a passage that came to mind um, as we were talking over that verse and just thinking through it. Um, This idea of unfolding and opening or opened um, was something I just couldn't get out of my mind. It's, I just kept thinking on it and thinking on it and thinking on it. So, here we go. How many things can we open? What things can be opened? Have we thought of this before? This is odd, right? What things do you open? And this is discussion time. Okay? I like it when there's interaction. <laughs> One at a time, real loud. Doug, you said something. Didn't you say a, you said something? Oh, your mouth. Okay, that's a good... Yeah, we open our mouths, okay? We open... Yeah, we open a book. A book can be opened. What else can be opened? 
A door can be opened. Perfect. Yep. Hey, we're on the right track. What else? Your eyes? Is that what you said? Yeah, your eyes can be opened. That's right. A can can be opened. Perfect. Yes. A gift. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Ah, okay. Our hearts can be opened. Yes. Our mind. Our mind can be opened. Yeah. Real good. All right. We we already came to the end. <laughs> so we think of opened. It's to change from a closed to an open position. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Yes, I did reach that age. <laughs> I get to wear these. To make passage through, possible by removing obstructions. So we think of opened. Okay? To arrange parts of something over a wide, wider area. For example, if you get too close to a cardinal and it opens its wings and it flies to a higher branch. Think of it that way, right? Opening the wings. To rid the surface of from things in the way. You know, you're in the Northwoods. What about snow? We're going to open up the roadway. That idea. We think of un, if we think of open, we think of unbarred, unbolted, unclasped, unfastened, unlatched, unlocked, unbutton, unclench, unfold, unfurl, unzip, disengage, release. Isn't our language incredible? Isn't language incredible? We think of clearing or freeing, unclogging, unplugging, unstopping. We can think of it in terms of facilitating or loosening up, unchoking, uncluttering or stripping. Just from one word, isn't that incredible? In the scriptures, we see the word unopened. Now, just unopened, okay? And that opens or opening. We see opened used in scripture 109 times. And that's in the NIV, okay? Over 106 verses, 100, almost 110 times in 106 verses. For example, we mentioned eyes being opened, right? For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Then what? And their eyes were opened, both of their eyes were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Here's one. Has anyone, did anyone think of the ground being opened? Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth. The open mouth. To receive your brother's blood from your hand. That's talking of Cain and Abel. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the seventh day of the second end of the second month, on that day of all the springs of the deep, great, great deep burst forth and the floodgates of heaven were opened. We see also that Noah opened a window on the ark. Did we say window earlier? I don't know if we got that one. Sacks being opened. Treasures being opened. 
Numbers 22, we read that the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. For the people who are wicked and deceitful have opened their mouths against me. Opened um, in songs. Song of, Song of Solomon, we, we read some more intimate language in, it, in open referring to the intimacy between a husband and a wife. And also, we see in the Song of Solomon's blossoms. How about that? Flowers opening. We see also in Isaiah, then the Lord, uh, then then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf be unstopped. Did we say ears earlier? Open your ears. Yeah. You you uncovered your bed. You climbed into it and opened it wide. The Lord talking to Israel. The Lord has opened his arsenal. There we go. The heavens were open. I saw visions of God. On that day, a fountain will be opened. Heaven was opened over and over and over. Man's ears were opened. We see about the life of Christ in the four Gospels. Eyes were opened. Ears were open. Here's one. Martha. I met a Martha this morning. Where is she at? Hi, Martha. I thought of you when, when I met you. I thought, I'm going to share about Martha this morning. She opened her home to the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. That's in the book of Acts. And we see again in Acts the opening of eyes. And we see Peter turning toward the dead woman. He said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes. And seeing Peter, she sat up. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Oh, went to the wrong page. But we can see that there's many, many times opened as used in Scripture. Of course, we knew that, right? But the more I thought about this, is like, wait a minute, there's so many things that we don't even think about. Opening conversations. What does opening do? What, what kind of thing do we benefit from something being opened? How about a music box? If we, if we leave the music box closed, we never get to hear the music, do we? We open the box that reveals this song is, that's being played. So long as it's wound up, right? Okay, what other things do we get to take advantage of when something's open to us? Any ideas? This is a discussion. Birthday card. Okay. What, what might be revealed there? Money? Sometimes, right? Or just nice words to read from a loved one. The mailbox being opened. Yes. And what, what, does, what do we find in the mailbox? Bills. <laughs> Mail, very good. Very good. Opening God's Word. Okay, we open God's Word, and without opening the Word of God, how are we ever going to know what's in there, right? How are we going to know how God revealed Himself to man? Right here. Grand piano can be opened. Hey, that's great. 
like a music box. If, if this is open, we hear even more, right? When it's closed, we don't hear it as well. Very good. Did you have one too? No? Okay. <clears throat> when you open the coffee the first time. Huh? Is there anyone else here like coffee? <laughs> I really like coffee. That first time you open that bag and and you grind those fresh beans. Oh, there's nothing like it, is there? But it reveals something to us. The opening of that bag reveals fragrance that we can smell with our nose. Talking on the way up here, I don't know. As you grow older, guys talking about flowers, it really doesn't matter a whole lot anymore. You know, as a younger, I'm not going to talk about flowers. Yeah, those flowers are okay. They're not pretty. No, I find flowers to be very beautiful. The blossoms on a lilac, lilac bush, they're so fragrant. And I was talking with Olivia about that. I said, Liv, have you ever smelled those things? They're incredible. I said, while we're up there, because down by us in Watoma, not that we're that far south of you, but this fragrance is gone. But up here, it's still like at its peak. So it's pretty exciting. And uh, Elaine has a big bouquet of them from someone. Brought them over to her and set them in a nice glass jar there. And you smell, smell them. It's really fragrant. It's beautiful. Without, but without those blossoms being, blossoms being open, we would never smell the fragrance, would we? Anything else? What's that again, Elaine? A heart. Okay. Do you have a heart-to-heart discussion with anyone? Do you have that friend? As my kids say, besties. Do you have your bestie that you would consider or someone you can share your heart with? And that when you open your heart, that reveals who you are. God knows us. He looks at our heart. Go ahead. A door. Okay, now when you open a door, what kinds of things does it, can we see? Possibly. A barn door because of the fragrance, right? <laughs> you know what they say, dairy farmers say, hmm, smells like money. Have you heard that before? Okay, in a barn, you, it reveals what's inside the barn. You open the barn door and you see what's in the barn. Hay, cows, horses, chickens, cats, right? But we can see then. The obstacle's taken out of our way and we can see. I think we get the idea. Opening something really affects every sense that we have. We get to see, we can hear and smell, taste. So... Also, we can also feel comfort or fear, too, can't we? Okay, if you want to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 24. Now, this passage that I'm going to read, we're going to read the whole chapter. (laughs) Not because I'm trying to fill time, but I think it's so important that we um, let God's Word speak to our hearts. And that from that, after we're done, I will speak um, some of the just the, some things that impacted my heart as I thought about 
this psalm, 119-130, the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Luke chapter 24, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman... The, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that, that gleamed like lightning stood, stood beside them. In their, fright, this, <clears throat> in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the woman. <clears throat> they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they, weren't, but they were kept from their recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all, the, and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be, to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to, to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was, with, when, <clears throat> when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen 
and has appeared to Simon. Then the two, then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. While they were still talking about these, this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see a ghost. Doesn't I have flesh and bones as you see I have? When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they, were still, and while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They, they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate, and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is, this is, what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my, I am going to send you what my father had, has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then he worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. This is the passage that came to mind as Beth and I were talking over this verse in Psalm 119, 130. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I'm going to go back over the text and just, just point out some things here. As Jesus came and joined these two fellows that were walking, this stranger shows up, right? These guys are talking through what happened and they're down in the mouth about what's going on. They thought, man, Jesus, we thought he was going to take and be our king and he was going to redeem us. He's gonna, he was going to be the one that's going to save Israel. And they're discouraged. Um, don't know exactly how Jesus kept them from being able to see that it was him standing there walking with him and talking. And they're like, he's like, What's, what are you guys talking about? He's, and they're like, dude, where have you been? Right? That's in today's vernacular. Dude, where have you been? Seriously? Right? Um, all of this has happened and you're the only one in the, all of Jerusalem that doesn't know what's going on. And they're walking along and Jesus like, he starts to open their, the scriptures to them. And he starts to explain to them. And we already know from the passage that at this point, they're, they're seven miles from Jerusalem and walking to Emmaus. And they arrive there. This is just a little side note. But they arrive there. And they say, as, as they see Jesus, which they don't know it's Jesus yet, they see Jesus continuing on. They're like, hey, hey, it's almost night. Let's... Why don't you stay with us? Come and stay with us. But when he broke the bread, and all of a sudden they go like, oh, that was Jesus. Where did they go? They went back to Jerusalem. Seven miles. What's seven miles from here? 
Is there a town close to the seven miles from here? Who lives seven miles from here? Dave, do you live seven miles from here? Yeah, okay. Dave's house. Dave Gerlach's house. We're going to walk. I'll walk to Dave Gerlach's house now in the dark. But they got to Jerusalem. And you know what? Because why? Because the Scriptures were open to them. Their minds were open to what just took place. Finally, they get it. And that seven-mile walk, something tells me they did it double time. Pretty exciting. Jesus, He's alive. He's alive. Now just to back up. The unfolding of your words gives light. I think that's exactly what Jesus was doing. Okay, Jesus, he's, yeah, he's the Son of God, but you know what? He is God. And if anyone's going to unfold the Word of God, it's going to be Jesus that does it perfectly. And the unfolding of his words gives light. And I think that's what happened right here. We see with these guys on the road to Emmaus that all of a sudden the lights were turned on. The lights were turned on. Oh yeah. And what, how was it that Jesus went about teaching them? He went back to the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. Jesus says, hey, you know what? All of this back here, it's about me. Of course, he didn't say it that way, did he? It's about the Christ. It's about the Messiah. I know that in my life, it's pretty easy to get caught up in the little things in life and somehow that chokes you up. Chokes off life. Get caught up in the little things that distract us from walking with God. We get caught up in the little details of life and we totally lose our joy. The joy of our salvation is not present. And I think we see a good example there. These two fellows walking along, they're down in the mouth, man. Things aren't going so good. Business is bad. Lost my job. Had an accident. You fill in the blank. Relationships are rough. And we lose sight of this, this thing here. That the unfolding of his words gives light. It gives understanding because it's simple. These fellows had their, their lights turned on and all of a sudden their mouths weren't down. They weren't, they weren't all kicking the dirt like, man, this is a rough time, man. This is not what we thought was going to happen. We were sure this is, this is the way it was going to take place and bam, something different came, came about. And I I think we see a life change all of a sudden. All of a sudden we see them on their way back to Jerusalem, even though it's getting dark, right? If you still have your Bibles open, we can go to verse 25. It says, He said to them, How foolish you are! He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. 
Now, foolish and simple in Scripture are the same. <laughs> um, I'm willing to admit I'm foolish and I'm simple. I have got some things where I can probably talk circles around you and I know I have knowledge in but there's things that you have things that you can talk circles around me in and have a lot more knowledge than I do. And this isn't a comparison thing going on. All we like sheep have gone astray. All we like sheep have gone astray. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're fools. We are simple. And unless the Word of God is unfolded, we won't have the light. There will be no light. Without the opening, without the opening of God's Word, and as we see here, Jesus explaining to them the Scriptures, there will be no light. We need the Word of God explained. It wasn't just Jesus that taught this way. The law, the prophets, and the Psalms. We see in Acts chapter 8, Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch going along in the chariot and the Spirit of God, uh, the angel of the Lord tells Philip, get up there by the chariot. So he gets right up there and he hears the eunuch reading. And he's reading this passage. <clears throat> and he's reading this passage in Isaiah I know I have it right here. It's right here. I had it right here. <laughs> well, I had it. But Philip came up along the, the chariot and he's reading Isaiah. And Philip explained and opened the scriptures to him. And the result is he is a he's a believer. We'll see we'll see this Ethiopian eunuch someday. That's the truth of it. The lights were turned on. Peter also went back to the law. He went back to the prophets and he also went back to the Psalms. Paul also went back to the law. He went back to the prophets and went back to the Psalms. Why? Because they're all about Jesus. They're all about Christ. Don't get caught up in the details. All of that had to happen to give us a better understanding, to unclog, unfurl, to unstop our minds, to open our minds so that we can see clearly what Scripture is about. Scripture is about Jesus. The unfolding of your words gives light, gives understanding to the simple. John 8.32 says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The more and more we know truth, if we find ourselves feeling condemned, folks, we missed it. We didn't catch the truth. Because the truth sets us free. It doesn't condemn us. It gives us life and freedom.
as we think of um, the unfolding, the whole concept of unfolding or opened. Um, there we go. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I know it's here. The unfolding is to arrange the parts of something over a wider area to gradually become clearer or more detailed to come into view. Think of uh, relationships you have, especially those who don't know Christ as their Savior. How might you be involved in their lives in the unfolding of His words? as God opens opportunities, as God opens doors into their lives, as God opens windows that we can speak through, as God opens their heart to receive truth, how are you going to unfold the words of God? Are you ready? Are you ready to share about your faith so that their light are turned on and so that they can have understanding um, we all qualify to have that understanding for the simple we all qualify and it is God's desire that all men would be saved that all men would come to know Christ as their savior so as opportunities flower or blossom Materialize, emerge, grow, mature, ripen. As opportunities expand or extend or fan or flare out, outspread, they outstretch. How will you unfold? How will you open to those in need? Right. Enjoyed my time this morning with you. Um, I know that we should uh, we should remember Niall and Christy especially this morning and um, I just want to take time to pray for them and just close right now Father God thank you so much for this time in your word thank you for 